Okay, there's a lot of information I left out on the previous podcast because I remember on many of the previous podcasts, I was talking about how I was going to get a van, sell my car, move into the van, all that stuff. I think, I'm pretty sure one of the previous podcasts, I had lost my Amazon job. And I only had this one part-time job <clears throat> delivering Korean barbecue sauce. I still have that one. It's, it's it's still going good. I still get those three-day weekends. Four-day weekends, actually. But uh, the plan on getting the van has changed, you know, as I tend to change things up pretty frequently. That's why I hate making long-term plans. But, so, what I'm thinking is my lease ends in August. It's June, so I have roughly two months left here. It ends around August, I think August 12th, so about two months or so. And uh, I don't... I don't think I'm going to stay in Utah. We'll, we'll see what the summer brings because I have been going out more since it's warmer out and things are opening back up. I started going to like the mall more often, some bars and just trying to meet people and which I have. And, and it's been, it's been cool. Um, damn it. I did the thing, but, uh, As far as I can tell, I I will probably leave Utah in August. But again, what I said just a minute ago, I hate making plans because they often change very rapidly. I have a very volatile life. I never know what the hell is going to happen a week from now or two weeks from now. That's, That's kind of a cool skill to have, though, you know. One advantage to living a very unstructured life is you're able you're able to improvise more efficiently than people who had everything set out for them. You know, you went to college, you got a job, everything was very structured. <clears throat> but that makes it very hard if things ever go downhill, which things often do. But for me, I, I I've always had a pretty easy time adjusting to situations that or would otherwise be pretty difficult for some people you know leaving your home state to go to a new state you don't have a job you don't have an apartment you have no plan you're just going to figure it out as you get there and I somehow always managed to figure it out I, I, I've been lucky I've been lucky what was I? Where was I going with this? Um, damn it! So, as far as I can tell, if nothing big happens over the summer, that makes me want to stay. Because really, the only reason I would stay in Utah is if I had friends. You know, there's really no point in just hanging out just to see some mountains. I mean, the mountains are great, but. I just, there's nothing for me here. And 
And that's where that's where it's important to meet people and have some sort of reason we're staying, you know. But okay, back to what I was saying. As far as I can tell, the plan is to leave Utah when my lease ends in August. And then drive up to Oregon and meet up with my buddy Jash and possibly buy a van there and try to sell my car because I think he would I think he says it's okay if I crash on their couch or in their backyard in the tent that's kind of what I want to do is sleep in the backyard be less of a nuisance but uh if that's possible, then maybe get a job as soon as I get there. Have an, I, I should still have enough saved up by the time I leave to kind of get things situated and not feel so flustered. But if I get a job pretty quickly and manage to move into my van as soon as possible, I could do that within a couple months, get the van, sell the car. And then I like the idea of I would probably try to go home to Texas around Thanksgiving because I've missed the last four or five Thanksgivings at my house at my family's house so that would be nice to finally catch up with everybody because that's that seems to be the time when everyone shows up is on Thanksgiving so that would be nice that's ideal but again, I never know what the hell's gonna happen months from now. It's, you know, summer hasn't even started yet. And I'm already making plans for mid-August. So, we shall see. But as, as far as I can tell, that's sort of the current plan. But again, <laughs> I have to keep reminding you as well as myself that things change very rapidly lately. So we shall see. But I do like the idea of getting the van and then just moving around. Moving from city to city, taking odd jobs for a few months and then moving to a new city, doing it again. Oh shit, your computer will restart in 987. No, I do not want my computer to restart. Try tonight. My, my computer was about to shut me off without giving it permission. But I, I really, I'm sorry if you hear this chair creaking. It's it's bad. At least you, you're not hearing me clear my throat so much. But I've always been attracted to that thought, living in a van and traveling to several cities, working for a little bit, saving up a little bit, because your only payment really would be gas, food, and a car payment. And that would be nothing compared to what I've been paying for the last year. Oh, shit, this fucking chair, dude. I'm sorry. I'm not even moving it. Let me just get it adjusted. There we go. I've always wanted to check out Chicago. I always hear good things about it. Not, not the kind of things you would hear from the show Shameless on the south side of Chicago, but, you know, this... The downtown city life, the nightlife. I hear it's very nice over there. Chicago, Seattle, 
what else? Miami would be cool. I'm going to Miami next month to check it out. That'd be nice. Going for a birthday party. What's another interesting city? I would always, I've always wanted to check out Asheville in North Carolina. Is it North Carolina or South Carolina? I always hear good things about it. I don't know why. Maybe the same reason Austin is kind of attractive because it's this, it's a liberal city, but in a conservative state. That's, that's sort of a cool balance. And but it's not like Portland liberal. It's more like maybe like Denver liberal. I don't know. I I could be up my ass. I had never been there. But there's a lot of places I want to check out, and I think living in a van would be an ideal way to do that. Eventually, I have to get my life in order, but not now. I'm I'm tired of trying to I'm tr I'm tired of feeling bad about kind of having no I don't want to say no purpose but no aim. I don't really have an aim in life right now. You know, I I've been coding still but I'm currently taking a break from it because my brain has been hurting and I feel like that's the one thing I haven't been doing with it is taking a break. So I actually haven't coded for two or three weeks. And I don't care. I don't care. I don't feel bad about it. That's one thing. If I remember if I would go a day without it, I would feel like shit. But I, I think that made it worse to where it was even easier to... I don't know why, why that happens, where whenever you... You get shame involved. It somehow exacerbates the direction in which gave you shame. So if you feel bad about not doing something, the more you feel bad about it, the the more you're kind of not going to do it. I I never got that, but that's what I I'm sort of I've observed in myself. <clears throat> so I'm taking a break from coding. And instead, I'm just going out more and talking to people, learning how to socialize. I haven't, I, it was weird when I first went out and tried talking to people, you know, I just, all I, all I did was I was, I told myself, I'm just going to go say hi. I'm just going to go ask someone, ask people how they're doing, you know, ask a set amount of people. How's it going? How's your day going? <clears throat> but even that. I, I found myself being kind of nervous with it, and that was a good sign that oh I I I am I'm I'm the complete opposite of socialized right now. I'm I've turned into this hermit that gets nervous saying hi to people. What is that? So that was a good sign that I needed to start going out more, and I have, and it's been cool. And I've been doing that for a little over a week. But I'm already starting to sense. I I've always been a big believer in the aura. Is that how you pronounce it? The aura. The the energy that you feed people. There's something to that. Because as I started socializing more and talking to more people and getting 
you know, working out my social muscles as that's been getting better, I, within a week, I got a pay raise. And women started approaching me and asking me questions to, to start a conversation. And that, that never really happened before. It, it did at one point, whenever I was highly socialized, or I don't even know what the word is. When I was more social before, there was like a charisma that I had that people felt, you know. And as I'm getting back out there and talking to people again, that it's that charisma is coming back. So I'm a big believer in the aura. I need to Google how to pronounce that. And so I wonder, you know, if I keep getting better, you know, maybe I can, if I start talking to the right people, that would be great for coding. If you find the right person, be his friend or her friend or their friend, whatever your pronouns are. But yeah, things, things are cool. It's going to be an interesting summer. I'm still waiting to hear back from Ford about my door latch that they I hope they ordered the piece but we'll see I've been driving around with a rope holding my door shut <clears throat> also a safety vest to kind of add good measure to it I think I'm going to sneeze oh shit they say if you look into the light you'll sneeze Never me? Fuck. <laughs> ah. Oh, shit. There's nothing more frustrating than a sneeze that decides not to release itself. But, yeah. That's my life right now. I'm, I'm still amazed I, with people who are listening. I, I don't know who you are because I've deleted my Instagram that promotes my podcast. I don't promote my podcast. I just recording and and it goes out to the world and if you get it you get it but I would like to know who you are no one's had the balls to come and tell me that they're listening my guess it's maybe it's like a concerned adult who used to listen to me smoke weed whenever I was first recording the podcast and they're seeing how what I'm up to something like that that's I bet that's a chunk of the people listening like oh, John's doing his thing again I haven't smoked weed on here and since I lived in Oregon I'm not going to incriminate myself on my podcast I live in Utah I, I don't have a m- medical marijuana card it's very hard to get a medical marijuana card in Utah you basically have to be dying I think it's the same with Texas too. I didn't even I didn't realize that Texas technically has medical marijuana, but it's you have to have like polio or something. I don't I don't even know some sort of paralysis. Uh, governments are like red states are so stupid with weed laws. It's so aggravating. They're like going off of one hundred year old bias. It's so annoying. But then you have other states like Oregon who are doing a complete opposite direction where they're decriminalizing all drugs. 
and that'll be an interesting experiment. I don't, I don't have, I, of course I have my concerns with that, where you can just legally just spark up some heroin or meth. There's, there's arguments to be had for that, though. A lot of, a lot of things that conservatives tend to overlook is psychological aspects of drug use. They, they, they look at it at face value, and it just completely leaves out so much information. But, you know, the taboo aspect of drugs being illegal and then people having a natural tendency to do what they're not allowed to do. You know, that's it's very innate. You know, and also that's a very conservative attitude. So I think I would think conservatives would be more in favor of the legalization of more of these drugs. It's like the one thing where they're they're all about regulation and stuff, you know. That and social media. It, it's it's interesting. But I would like to see what happens in Oregon with all these drugs being decriminalized. Whenever I visited Oregon back in April, uh, there was a like since I last lived there. It was it was over a year since I've been there when I went back. A huge spike in homelessness. Huge. And you could definitely attribute that to COVID and stuff like that. But there's a certain park that you drive by in Eugene, Oregon that it's just filled with tents and it was not there a year ago. There was a few a few tents here and there, but now it's just Tent City. It was so crazy. It, is, it just it was weird. I don't know how I feel about homelessness. Or, you know, there's, there's a... It, I guess it goes back to, like, certain aspects getting overlooked. Because there are people out there who aren't mentally unstable and aren't maybe lazy. Oh, I guess... Some people are homeless by choice. And that's very interesting to me. I don't know how I feel about that. But if you're willing to just live in a tent outside with a bunch of other homeless people, that's, you know, that's... I don't know if I would call that lazy. <laughs> just very low maintenance, I would, I would call that. And if, if people want to give them money, sure, I guess. You don't have to contribute to their lifestyle. But if other people feel like contributing to it by giving them money, fine. I, I guess that's how I think about it. I don't know. I feel like one of the biggest arguments for homelessness, against homelessness, is the aesthetics of it. You know, it just doesn't look pretty to see all these tents in a part of the city it's very ugly unattractive but I don't think that's a good argument you know that's just because you know aesthetics are subjective to a degree I mean it is subjective all the way so I don't think I don't know that seems like more that's an individual problem 
to be upset because it just looks ugly. I don't want these tents over here on the sidewalk where I'll be walking. And as long as people aren't fighting each other, as long as they're not, as long as there's no violent crimes, that's that's a little better. You know, Eugene was pretty good not really having violent crimes, but I, there was an issue with like car break-ins and stuff like that. It's a, it's a, it's a difficult conversation because a lot of people on the streets are in fact mentally unstable. And that goes back to the Reagan administration where they, they raised the standards of what it meant to be mentally unstable. And a, a bunch of these people got released from these institutions and they had no place to go. So they just went to the streets because that was their only option. So that's, uh, that's one thing. That's another thing a lot of conservatives overlook. They, they automatically assume because you're homeless on the street in a tent, you're just a lazy bum that wants handouts. But no, some of these people are legitimately unstable and have no other place to go. Hmm. I don't know. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do, son? I would like to talk to some homeless people and ask them, like, what What are you doing here? What's your What's your story? See what they say. That'd be That'd be an interesting. That'd be a cool book. Just interviewing homeless people. I wonder if that exists. I would like to read it. This conversation was all over the place, but all right. It seems like I'm I'm out of words. I took a too long of a pause, so I think that means that I'm done. But here I am making another podcast for you guys. You're welcome. I know you miss me. You miss my voice. I'm gonna do some vocal exercises when I get off of here. I'm trying to speak more from the diaphragm. I'm trying to breathe less into my chest and into my... I'm trying to breathe more into my gut. We'll see how that pans out. But I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And uh, enjoy yourselves while you're enjoying this podcast, if you know what I mean. All right. Later.